And greetings from West Palm Beach, where we're set up for basketball later on on Monday, where we'll have the USF women's basketball team going up against formerly ranked and still very strong West Virginia. Let me tell you, we've had the, of course, Bahamas drama. We've had drama since. We had a 400th career victory for Jose Fernandez on Friday night. we got highlights of that coming up for you, as well as our post-game interview. But these two games could end up being very, very important, and neither of them is going to be an easy task, even though the Bulls are the ranked team in both matchups going up against quote-unquote unranked foes. Yeah, there's not that much difference, and we'll tell you more about the foes here shortly. In our second segment, we'll tell you about the Saturday action with the men's basketball team. There was some definite drama there as they closed a 16-point second-half deficit down to three and had a chance to get it even further, but the Bulls end up falling by 11 to the Gators and are already in Hawaii where they'll be playing on Wednesday night. Of course, you have to get accustomed to the new body clock and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, of course, get more into the Hawaii games on our Wednesday show. A reminder that for the rest of the year, we're splitting things up Monday, Wednesday, Friday here on Bulls Beat. Not only because there's a little less going on, but giving myself a little time during the holidays, but we're definitely going to be working today and tomorrow at 1.15. That's the scheduled tip-off time, but keep in mind that we're basically following up a game at 11 o'clock, and so I would guess if they speed things along pretty quickly, we'll be on the air at 1 o'clock either way and tipping it off at 1.15, but you know how it can go with games starting a little bit later when there are multiple games played one after the next. It was a great weekend in women's college basketball. For example, at the event at the Mohegan Sun, it went overtime, Michigan beating Baylor, a couple highly ranked teams, and that delayed the start of the UConn and Louisville game. And you look at these games nationally that are getting a lot of attention, and of course we know the games are getting canceled, and in some cases teams getting replaced, like Arizona having to go on a little pause due to COVID. And we're certainly taking measures here in West Palm Beach to make sure nothing like that happens, but you just never know. So when I say 1 o'clock airtime, one fifteen tip, we assume, right, uh, for the game against West Virginia today and Ole Miss tomorrow. But I'll give you an example, the USF men's team, of course, played Florida, and UCF was all set to play FSU in the second game in Sunrise on Saturday, but Florida State, COVID, so UCF made that trip for nothing. I can't imagine doing that. Had an enjoyable time at the Sydney Nacello draft gathering. Sydney Nacello drafted first pick in the second round by the Portland Thorns. I had a chance to have the video of that. If you didn't see it, go to my Twitter page at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. But also I sat down with Sydney. Uh, she, of course, was doing many interviews after getting drafted professionally. She'll be off to train pretty soon, but she certainly was able to talk to me, and you'll hear that conversation in our second block as well. We'll also continue to give you more football news whenever an additional name gets added to the Bulls family. And you know about some of these transfers that the Bulls are getting that actually still have three years of eligibility. This individual just has one, but hey, the Bulls will take him on the defensive end. That is Jatorian Hansford coming in from Missouri. Had about 200 snaps last year, 27 total career tackles. And if you're wondering, is he a Tampa Bay kid coming back home? No, he is out of Georgia. So Jatorian Hansford, the newest name on the big board that the USF football Twitter account likes to put out every time there's a new name. It looks like there's some more coming in the next little while. Coming today again at 1.15. We'll be on the air at 1 o'clock. Now I got to tell you, the broadcast setup might be a little bit 
tight as far as setup goes and being on the air. Again, there are many teams at this event. It's not a tournament. It's actually a very solid group of 10 teams. But the point is, there are only two broadcast locations for the radio teams. And the one that will be in my location is Michigan State, which will be playing FGCU. Nice matchup. That'll start the thing off. So I'm kind of at the mercy of the Michigan State broadcast crew when I can get plugged in and on the air. We might either have a shorter pregame or record the pregame. And oh yeah, the postgame is going to be quick because I want to get out of the way for the folks after me. That'll be the third game of the day, Dayton versus High Point. Uh, These games are basically two hours and 15 minutes apart on the schedule. Something tells me that the fourth scheduled start time of 545 between LSU and Clemson Might not hit right at 545, but either way, we'll definitely not miss any of the action. And it'll be the Bulls against West Virginia. We'll tell you more about them after we relive, of course, what happened on Friday night, which was a special night. Jose Fernandez's 400th career victory. He had to do some coaching because it wasn't easy. High point came in again, picked to win its conference, the Big South, even though they had lost their top player, Skylar Curran, their big three-point shooter. They still love to shoot the threes. And ironically, in the first quarter, It was the other way around. The Bulls couldn't hit a two, but threes kept them in the contest. Here are the first quarter highlights. Inside of Shea Leverett. That is a flop and a half, but Leverett can't make the then uncontested layup. And the second missed layup and frustration foul ensuing. Still 5-1. Bulls 0-6 for with five and a half minutes to go. Once they start making some layups, folks, this could be a lot nicer pitcher, but right now it's just not very nice. Oh, a step back, nice looking three right Ooh, there. Absolutely drops nice in by three. Jensen Edwards, and it's eight to one. She is certainly capable. Again, yeah. a 42% shooter on threes. And last 50% year. from the field last year. So just a nice looking shot. Wasn't that a nice step back? You could see that in rhythm. Eight to one Bulls have not gotten in rhythm yet. Terrell whips it over to right cell. Wants to drive on Mananga. Spin move. Good help defense by Shea Leverett. And the Bulls try and run if they can here. Pinzon has Ariel Wilson to her right. Wants to take it herself. Pass inside. Leverett bounces it to Mananga. Pinzon wide open. Passes on the shot. Shinecki does take the three and it's good. Four passes there. All of equal adeptness. And finally the Bulls hit their first three. It's eight to four. And Chris passes passes with purpose. Players beating the basketball, right? That's the Bulls offense. Manunga's going to try one. Nice little follow through there. What you can do, Betty can do. Betty has done it to the tune of now four for 17 on the season. And all of a sudden it's eight to seven. And I'm telling you, both Bermejo and Alvarez put in some extra time after the game the other day. We'll keep an eye on how they perform. I think they're going to perform well. Jensen Edwards now has seven points, makes it 12 to seven. And two drives right to the hoop on the the two player for the Bulls. First, Ariel Wilson and then Marie Alvarez. Pops open for a three, in rhythm, knocks it down, folks. That is an enormous moment, as I hinted at earlier. They put in some extra time after Maria had gone six games in a row without a three. That Alvarez shot was a big deal, as you heard we talked about. And yeah, three for four on threes in the quarter. The Bulls would only make one the rest of the way. They would only attempt six. They knew they would have the height advantage inside. Actually, it was the last made three-pointer coming less than a minute into the second quarter. The rest of the way, it was all twos and free throws for the Bulls. Here's how the second quarter went down. Open for another three. She can't score inside. You know why? It's all a, a setup for these three-point shots. She makes another, and if the Bulls lead by layer, thirty. Make your three. <laughs> USF leads seventeen to sixteen. They are one of eleven inside, but Ooh. four of five on threes. Not how we thought this game would go. 
That is a wild shot by Johnson, and the Bulls want to run. Pinzon whips it over to Sara Guerrero in for Alvarez. Janecki in the corner. Now to Dulce. Lane opens up. You've got to make this shot, and she does. Boy, I thought that McNeil was going to get a hand on that. But Dulce, aggressive through the hoop, 19-16 Bulls. And finish, importantly, finish. So good job by her. Didn't travel or shuffle her feet. Took it strong to the hoop. There's a good pass by Wilson to there. Dulce. Step, lofted up with the left hand. That's what we've been waiting for, 25-21. Drop step. There's Maria, high lofting shot, and she knocks it down from 15 feet. And Maria Alvarez, her seventh point, puts the Bulls up by their largest lead. Another flop, and that is not good defense by high point. And that's the third bull to take advantage. Shea Leverett becomes the third bull to score after a high point player flops, and then they throw it away. Almost hit Bridget Miranda. Oh, Bulls I was, up 29 I was ready. So, not quite a comfortable situation at the end of the first half. 29-23, the Bulls led. And again, we love being back courtside for these home broadcasts. And you get the straight-off-the-court situation. And here was a little bit of a clip of Yolisha Jackson that turned out to be perfectly on point. You know, I think with Dulce and, and with Shay, just keep it simple. Like, you know, let's fight for position on the lane line. I've really taken out, like, we drop step, we go middle hook, we face up, we shoot, we face up and attack. I've taken out all that stuff because I think we're so good if we can just fight for our feet and get great position and make it simple. When Dulce makes her game really simple, she's really, really good. It's when she starts to try to do, you know, the cute moves <laughs> that um, we struggle with that. So we just need to keep it simple and just power up. And as simple as that, check out how the third quarter went. Bulls, and this is very unusual for them, obviously, did not even attempt a three-point shot. The other side, of course, all they do is shoot threes and flop on defense, as we learned, and a very successful start to the third for the Bulls. Another fake flop by High Point. They send it inside to Betty Menunga. She scores her eighth point, and just like that, easy as that, it's 31-23. And that's what Coach Jackson spoke to us about. You make it easy in the post, right? Just a drop step, turn, finish. There's Come a three-pointer, and that was Jaden Wright sell. She was just 6 of 21 coming in. We were discussing it. It's 31-26. Yes, I think the Bulls are fortunate that High Point hasn't gotten clicking yet. They're just 3 of 13 still on threes, but it could just take a couple. Another flop. Every time, Dulce Fankamangiadu, and actually, Wrightsell looks over at her bench and is <laughs> smiling like, Coach, you tell us to fall down and see what happens, and it's not helping. That's five flops now that the Bulls have converted into 10 points and then high point throws it away. It's 33-26, Bulls ball. And really, Coach Ban Banbury, all, all over the officials, she's trying to get that call for her team, and it is an obvious flop. It, I, mean, I would imagine the England Center fans would be displeased with that. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm a fan of high point, and I'm not exactly liking that approach. That time, man up defense, but Betty Menonga manned up over the player. Two quick ones for her, and it's 35-26. So all inside stuff for the Bulls. We talked about as simple as man making layups. They're three for three. Five on the shot clock, a drive by right sale, and a tough shot. Nothing but air. Chinecki pulls the rebound, looks up, pins on to her right. Two post players underneath. Dulce with the flash, a spin. They stay on their feet this time. Doesn't matter. Dulce Fankamengiadu drops it in. She's five for seven, 11 points, and the Bulls extend their largest lead to 11. A beautiful pivot. Little baby jump hook over her left shoulder. Cut by Chinecki off the inbounds pass by Pinzon, who is racking up the assist. Give her seven, and it's 39-29. Maria Alvarez thought about pulling instead over to Chinecki. Now they go inside to Manunga. Wants a power dribble two on her, though. Oh, a good catch by Chinecki, and she lays it up and in. She was making a cut. She had to reach back 
And what a sweet move there by Chinecki to gather and score 47-34. It's good to see, right? That's what we're used to seeing from Elena Chinecki are those kind of really silky, smooth moves. It was wonderful to see Chinecki and Alvarez. Maria, who had gone six games, had gone 0 for 16, in fact, on threes. Six games without hitting one. And, of course, Chinecki, who had seen her field goal percentage dip to around 30%, with some games where she just couldn't get going, kept shooting, but not necessarily kept making shots. Eight for nine to start off the quarter. The problem was turnovers. They had six in the quarter. In fact, you just heard that Chenecki basket with more than three minutes to go. It was the last field goal attempt. Bulls didn't score again because they were turning it over on their next four possessions, including an offensive foul. Still, the Bulls had the lead and never saw it dip to single digits in the fourth quarter. It just became about making it through and getting it to the end so we could have a special moment and a special sit-down afterwards. Here's how that sounded. They are going to play some tough defense on Ariel Wilson, but she gets across midcourt. Jordan Edwards making Wilson earn these last few seconds. She's going to dribble it out, and that is going to be one, two, three, three, nine, nine, 400 wins for Jose Fernandez. His Bulls took over in this second half. It was a close game. The Bulls went inside. You know, he's a pretty good coach, getting 400 wins and whatnot. We'll, we'll keep him. That strategy worked out between Dulce Vancomengiadu and Betty Mononga dominating in the second half, and the Bulls never were really in any true jeopardy in this one. They go to 8-3. Here's the announcement. And the appropriate response from the fan seat. Jose Fernandez, coach, to me, obviously it's a special number, but to have it all at one place, I think makes it more special to do it all at one school. Is that about right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's special uh, to see where you know, when we took over the program and where it was and where it is now, you know, because uh, when, it, when it first started, we didn't worry about what we didn't have. We just worried about what we did have. And I've been very fortunate to, to be surrounded by some incredible coaches all these years and, and coached some really, really good basketball players. And you can tell, you know, especially this group, you know, how much they care about one another. So, yeah, it's special. You talked about having some special coaches. We had Coach Yo on before the break, and she told us, hey, we just got to make it simple. Just get it inside and just make it simple. I guess that worked out pretty well right away in the third quarter, huh? Yeah. You know, my first half, we're trying to put the ball – our spacing was terrible. You know, we got to get the ball involved more to some guys, and that's what we did in the second half. You know, it's special, especially like you said. Being being here, and I have five former assistants that are head coaches now. Wow! You know, and you look look back all the different guys that we've had drafted, and the amount of people we have playing overseas professionally right now. Um, you know, you look at the wins, but look at how many student athletes we've graduated. And after the semester, our, our, our we'll be close to three, 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 four. Our her graduation success rate in APR is a thousand, right? Okay. So you know. You're not going to play basketball forever, but, you know, all these young ladies are getting degrees in, in, in things that they're going to use to be successful in the real world. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Awesome. Coach, I've had the privilege of sitting by you for 200, for 300, <laughs> and now for 400 to talk to you. And I just want to say congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jose Thank Fernandez. Thank you, guys. Great, great job. Pretty cool to be able to broadcast that. 
pretty cool to be able to broadcast that one. By the way, the final score was 62-46. to 46. Dulce Fankamengiadu, 7 for 10. Got to the free throw line a bunch, 5 for 8 there. 19 points. Also had 4 boards. Betty Menunga, 16 and 5. Elena Chinecki, 14 on 4 of 7 shooting, 5 assists. She had 4 assists in the first 4 minutes of the third quarter. Her high for the season was 4, so that was quite something. And Elisa Pinzon, speaking of assists, 10 more. She is top 10 in the country in assists per game. Manunga top 10 in rebounds. 